0: We're in this series now, sermon number two, on being more, say, I'm more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. And nobody's given me a better illustration, so I'll, I'll give it to you again. Right? The prize fighter's in there. He wins the fight. He gets a check for millions of dollars. He hands the check to his wife who puts the money in the bank. She did not train for the fight. She did not do the fight. She's not sore the next day. She doesn't have a black eye. She's smiling because the money is hers. She is more than a conqueror. Wow. The word Jordan means to descend. And, of course, that's, what, that's, that's where rivers are. They're in valleys. You have to descend to get to a river. But the Jordan is so famous, and we've been to the Jordan. Glory's been there twice And you see the Jordan River, and I I thought, I really need to show you a picture of it because it's not always the way we imagine it. There are bigger rivers in Richland County. (laughs) Uh, The Mohican's bigger than the Jordan River. It's not that big of a river. Uh, I know you guys have seen the Jordan and and went down there, and you put your feet in the Jordan, or you can be baptized in the Jordan. But it's an historic place, and we don't know exactly where all this stuff happens, but just about every reference to the Jordan is almost in the same place, about 20 miles from Jerusalem, and, and there is there there it is. Uh, but it is symbolic of crossing over, of of going from not living the promise to living the promise. It's, it's symbolic of being sick and not sick, of being in bondage and not in bondage. Of, of being in a place that you do not have anything to do with to cross the river into the promised land. And whatever we use, the, sometimes we don't relate to land, so it's just we all have a promise. Come on now, church. We all have promises. God has spoken to us about things. But many times we have to cross Jordan. I, 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 li- I like what Sammy Rodriguez said. He said, he said God conquers... We possess, I think they have this so you can get it and write it down. God conquers, we possess, our children inherit. That's the process. God conquers, we have to possess it, but then our children have an inheritance. (laughs) And I think back over 37 years, and for some families now, I'm, 4th gener—I've pastored four, maybe five. I forget what it is. Four or five generations of your family. Yeah, I'm really that old. I, I was your pastor at twelve, and I. So I've seen the blessing. I, I've seen you, and, and in my own life, come out of stuff, and our lives completely changed. Then to see your kids. And then to see your grandkids and your great-grandkids and seeing, seeing the amazing, and I think back, what if, what if they had never made that decision? Where would their family be today? Where would your family be today if you hadn't crossed over muddy Jordan? The promise of God is already obtained. God conquers. We just need to possess, and our children will inherit. We talked about this last week. This is the meaning of predestination. If you weren't here, you probably need to get that message. We've had so many people talk about that message. Predestination is not about heaven and hell. It's not about God sending you to heaven or God sending you to hell. Predestination means the plan. There is a plan predestined for you. And God, God, when God sees your life, he's not just seeing you today. He, he actually can walk back and see you a year ago and five years ago and ten years ago. And then he can walk forward and he can see you literally five years from now, ten years from now. He actually sees you on your deathbed. He sees how it ends. Your name is already in the book if you're saved. It was in the book before you got saved. There's a plan for your life. <laughs> but that's not even the good news. The good news is God works behind the scenes to make the plan happen. He cheats. Well, he, ha- he has to work behind the scenes. Listen, the devil is not God's enemy. The devil is your enemy. It's not like God's up there duking it out and we wonder who's going to win that big prize fight. And No, no, the devil's already defeated. He's already conquered him in Jesus' name. The devil is not equal with God. The devil does not fight God. And God doesn't fight the devil. He's underfoot in Jesus' name. But we're stuck here on earth and, it, and the Bible says your adversary, the devil now I've got a question for you: Who, who among us could fight and win against a supernatural being? We are outnumbered. We are outmaneuvered. We're outthunk. We're out. Uh, we're, and there's no way any of us could really defeat a supernatural being. But God's got His God got His foot on the neck of the enemy, so that we can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus the Lord. More than a conqueror. Why? Because we don't even have to fight. Amen. He's already defeated in Jesus' name. Future messages are going to talk about the courts of heaven. And really this is a legal problem. And if we understand our legal authority and begin to take authority over the devil, no weapon formed against you can prosper in Jesus' name. So God sees us at the end, and he works backward to make that ending possible. Oh, Jesus. Y'all aren't getting this. He works backwards. He begins to set up events. Amen. Now, you've got to walk through it. You have to possess it. Amen. It's not like, it's not like do nothing, but, but even the things we do are empowered by the Holy Spirit. What God does for us ticks the devil off. He cries and whines. It's fair. And he's like, get out of here. You're a liar and the author of it from the beginning. Uh, I might preach two hours. Are you okay? I can't get out of my introduction. Your adversary is the devil but you are already more than a conqueror not because of anything you've done but because of what he's done God conquers we possess our children inherit give God another praise for that amen Oh my God something happened at Jordan many things happened at Jordan that changed Everything. Just look at some of the things that happened at Jordan real quick. How many remember Elijah and Elisha? Okay, Elijah and Elisha. So Elijah goes up into heaven. His mantle drops, and Elisha, every one of these is a sermon, so i got to be very disciplined right here. (laughs) So he picks up the mantle, right? What does he do with the mantle? He strikes the Jordan, and Jordan crosses for Elisha to walk over. Now, how many believe that would impact your ministry nowadays they'd buy a bus and they'd travel all over the country and talk about that i'll tell you I put my mantle down there what an amazing miracle what a confirmation that God's in charge elisha didn't part the water God, God parted the but he he so the, so the Jordan's about the passing of mantles it's about generation to generation it 's about crossing over into something that's going to affect generations we got to start thinking generationally and not just about ourselves come on now come on now number two the jordan is a place of healing remember naaman Ooh, come on sing that song naaman naaman old naaman you got it all right naaman went down to the river right what river was that Jordan River, muddy old Jordan. He says, you know, Syria has better rivers. They probably do. But he said, go dip seven times. Dip seven times, right? Goes down into the water seven times. How many is that? <laughs> Careful. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't believe I could do seven, do you? <laughs> seven. The miracle's not getting down. The miracle's getting up. <laughs> so Jordan represents a crossing over of healing, as we dip in their Jordan. Oh, somebody ought to shout, "Amen!" If you, could. how many have ever been healed? Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Number three. It's where the axe head floated. Remember the axe head floating. They said they were going to go build a church down there. They, they, they overgrew their facilities, and <laughs> they went down to the Jordan, and they said, we're going to build a, a building here by the Jordan River, another school for the prophets, you know, an extension. And, and, and they began to build, and this guy borrowed an axe, and he takes the axe, and the head flies off, and it flies into the Jordan. He says, oh, it's rented. You know, i got to have my axe head. So what does is, what is Elisha say? Take the, take the handle, take the handle, and the handle is the cross. Take the handle and throw it in the river. And as he threw it, he said, throw it where the axe head went. And, and that handle, of course, is floating on the river. And that axe goes. Flu- <jonathan> solid metal rises. How many know that doesn't happen in water? How many believe iron is heavier than water? It rises and attaches to the axe. And he pulls it out and says, now that's what I'm talking about. What a miracle. How many, believe he, how many believe they talked about that at the campfire that night? Wow. So it's, what does that mean? It's a place where that which is lost is found. It's a place where purpose is restored. Well, there's so much to preach here and I don't have time. How many will give me another five minutes? Good, because I need 20. Okay. It's also where ministry is launched at the Jordan. How many remember Jesus going into the river? And the father says, this is my beloved son. I am pleased with him. Hear him. Up to that point, Jesus had done nothing but build cabinets. (laughs) But his father was pleased with him and anointed him and, and launched his ministry right there at the Jordan River. It's very possible that all those events I just mentioned happened in the very same spot. I can't prove that, but it's very it have to be very close because they were all very close to Jerusalem, which is about 20 miles away to the west. Okay? Now, let's talk about what happened with with Joshua. You okay? I mean, that that other thing really took everything out of me, so <laughs> So let's 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 talk about Jordan. Let's talk about Joshua crossing Jordan. And there's, there's there's three lessons. Number one, number one, what what do we learn from this? Remember what God has done for you. So let's tell the story. They get up to the Jordan River, and you see, you see how wide it is. They say they say it's a hundred feet wide, but. Uh, the only parts of Jordan I've seen look like this, which is maybe 50 foot wide. But, and it's only 3 to 10 foot deep, except during the flood season. And there we don't know how wide it got or how deep it got, but it's very obvious it was uncrossable at that time. That's harvest season. The snow melt from Mount Hermon is coming down, and the river is flooding, and you can't cross it. But it's a place where, because floodwaters can mean trouble. Anybody ever been in floodwaters? It can be hindrances. Floodwaters are what's keeping you from being who God has called you to be and doing what God has called you to do. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? But the Bible says far upstream, (laughs) God cut off the waters. Literally in the Hebrew, it says, God sat in the river eight <laughs> he sat in the river and when he, <laughs> and when he sat i'm sixty five and i 'm just loving it <laughs> and he, so he, he sat. <laughs> I'm sorry. So he sat in the river and cut the water off. But this was many miles, many miles upstream. And Joshua's getting ready to cross over. He doesn't know God has sat in the river. He doesn't know how God's going to part the river. All he knows is God said, cross the river. And he said, what I want you to do is take the Ark of the Covenant, which is the very presence, my presence, and put it on the shoulders of the priest and start walking across the Jordan. Now, let's, I'd like to get into, into the story myself, like I was one of the 12 priests. So you get in and you get your feet wet and, and you start and you keep going. And 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 I know, because there's always one. So one of them that was bearing the ark said, is Joshua, is pastor, is pastor right about this? <clears throat> you know, the water, we're supposed to cross over and the current's getting bad and it's up to my, up to my waist and, and we're just, we're just, wa-. he said, he said, shut up. Pastor said, the waters are going to part. You <laughs> know, I don't see no waters parting. <laughs> and they said, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Amen. How many of you know there's always one? Just keep walking, just keep walking. And water's getting deep. And now they're, they're, they're barely hanging on because the current pushing them over. And it gets up to about here. And it gets, and they get to right in the middle of the river. And it's already, they're, 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 about, <laughs> they're about to drown. And all of a sudden the water level goes down to nothing. Oh, come on, church. Down to nothing, and that guy said, "I knew it all along. I, I knew God would do that." I, <laughs> I call them the Johnny Come Lately prophets. You know, I I, I-, I knew it. So, so the water, the water, everything dries up, everything stops, and, they, and the priests stop in the middle and they let all the people go through. Millions of people, a million people are walking by on that little creek. And of course, it's bigger because it's flooded, but they come across, they come across, and the priests just stand there holding, holding, holding. And when everybody gets across, Joshua says, find 12 stones. and take 12 stones one for every tribe one man 12 men one from each of the 12 tribes pick up 12 stones and take it to the camp which was 12 miles away so you got 12 men carrying 12 stones 12 miles to Gilgal and they and they take those and they pile these stones up they weren't little bitty pebbles like I'm going to give you they're they're big stones and they carry him for 12 miles, and they make this, and these 12 stones make this memorial. And they said, that's for the children. That's for the children. So they'll, they'll know, they'll ask, what are these stones for? He said, that's where God parted the Jordan River. And we walked across and took the land. That you're now living on. The things you're benefiting, that's because God parted. Oh, I'm telling you, sometimes you just need to get your children and grandchildren together and say, listen, you know why you're so blessed? Because. 40 years ago, we made a decision to serve Jesus Christ. I was headed the wrong direction. I was doing this. I was doing that. My life was a wreck. But, oh, we made a decision to follow Jesus, and God's been setting up my victories ever since then. Amen. My life has been changed. Your life's been changed. Now your kids' lives have been changed. Don't ever forget what God has done for this family, for this home. My God. God is an awesome God, and don't ever forget what God has done. That's what these stones mean. So God wants us to never forget. That's why we do communion. He said, remember me. That's why he said, remember to keep the Sabbath holy. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments where he says, remember something. Why does he say it? Because we forget. (laughs) It's the one commandment we just forget. We don't violate it. We just forget it. We just decide that other things are more important on Sunday. He said, don't forget to keep one day holy to the Lord. Don't forget. Because that's the source of your rest and the source of your peace and the source of your blessing. So keep that day holy. But don't forget. Don't forget. Why? Because we're all multitaskers. Amen? That's the thing nowadays. you got to be a multitasker. (laughs) We men, most of us are not multitaskers. And it gets on our wives' nerves. Because they they could juggle and walk and chew gum, and they could do it all at the same time. And we're like, no, all I can do is chew gum. (laughs) That's it. Don't ask me to walk. (laughs) But, but, But business people value multitaskers. But the thing about multitasking is when you're doing everything, you're not doing anything well. And when you're doing everything, you're never really focused on the one you should be focused on. So we need to stop multitasking and start getting focused on the one. Come on now. That's why we come to church on Sunday. That's why we pray every day. That's why we read the scriptures. Because of all the things we got to do, the only thing that's really important is our time with him. So it's not equal value. We don't multitask God. He's the one and only. He should be the focus of our lives. Boy, how many got that? How many got that? All right, go home. You're done. If I can get that done, we're done. I was getting 15 people got up. I no. Number two. Number two. Hurry up. Y'all, y'all, y'all. How many are still here? Number two, lesson number two, God is going to use what you've walked over to build you a future. The stones you walked over, he said, now go back and get them. Go back and get the stones that you walked over. Go back and stone. You know, I asked him to get three stones that come in with these stones. I couldn't carry those when I was 20. He said, go back and pick up a stone. By the way, you know, one of the reasons they asked about uh, what these stones mean is because uh, when you get away from the Jordan, it's just desert in that part of the country. There weren't a lot of stones. So you just walk along and all of a sudden there's a pile of rocks. What does this mean? But notice they were all smooth stones. They'd been worked over. Your your life, how many have had a life that's been worked over? Amen. Uh, Your your stones, your stones have been tumbling and been waterlogged, and you've been through some, anybody been through some stuff? Come on, can I get a witness? Has anybody been through some stuff? Amen. Your stones, the only reason you see a smooth stone is because it's been sitting in a river, and that river has been washing that thing. It's been getting all the rough edges off. It's been smoothing it out. It's not comfortable. I don't like it. I wish I I was out of the river. But when it's done, it's a smooth stone. They brought smooth stones out of the river. Hallelujah. It is what you've been through, but God's going to use those smooth stones to build a future for you and your family. Remember the stones. They're smooth because they fit your destiny. Number three, God will send you reminders when you forget. Let me close with this, and that doesn't mean I'm done. After those 12 guys walked 12 miles, he said, he got 12 other guys. He said, now go, go back to the center of the river and five, 12 more stones, and this time I want you to make a monument in the middle of the river. Go ahead, get your stones, he said. Everyone get a stone. I'd have got 12, but you'd be here too long. (laughs) So they get it. These are from the altar out there. And I don't know who brought this smooth stone, but it's cool. (laughs) It's heavy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they built an altar in the middle of the river. They picked up the ark. They walked to the other side. Do you all mind if I just did a little teaching today? You okay? They walked to the other side, and the river, here it comes. God got up out of the river, and the waters come down. And you know what? It must have buried the 12 rocks. You couldn't see. There could be 12 rocks under that picture. You wouldn't know it. Why would God put 12 rocks in the middle of a river that nobody's ever going to see? Remember, this is flood stage. (laughs) Some of you are ahead of me. (laughs) Sooner or later, it's not floods. Sooner or later, they're in a desert. Sooner or later, those waters, those waters come down. And what what you're seeing is those floodwaters. And all of a sudden, one day, they see a rock in the middle of the river. Someone said, Pastor dances. Didn't say I danced well. I guess that's your judgment. The waters would go down, and they'd see a rock, and then they'd see the two rocks under it, and then they would see the other, and pretty soon it would just be because the, in, in places in the Jordan it's only three feet high, but uh, but it's sooner or later the water level would go down, and they would see a pile of rocks, and then they would say, "Hey, oh, what, what's out there in the middle?" Other, you see, sometimes sometimes we forget God in the middle of prosperity and blessing when everything's going well and the water is flowing, because water doesn't just represent trouble. Water can also also represent blessing. So here's the blessings of God. And we don't we forget God. But God said oh there are times in our lives where the water level, the blessing level is getting low and it goes down. And you're wondering where God is. And all of a sudden out of nowhere there's a pile of rocks. Oh yeah. God's not left me or forsook me. Amen. In the middle of nothing going on. In the middle of no blessing there's a blessing. God said I'll never leave you or forsake you. My God is in the rocks and in the stones. Somebody praise him in this house. Give him a praise in this place. I said give him a praise in the house. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, I feel the Lord. Ah, hallelujah. Whew. When you feel like you've lost it all, when you feel like nothing's working out, when you feel like there are no blessings and where is God and, and why did he do that and wh- why did this happen? All of a sudden, in the midst of that water going down, you see the hand of God. You may not feel me, but I'm here. You didn't see me yesterday because of the blessings, but I was there. I don't know about you, but the best time to see God (laughs) is when you're overwhelmed with everything else. And there He is. And He shows up. It's great for God to show up in the blessing, but I love it when He shows up in the valley. (laughs) Uh, Maybe none of you have been in the valley. How many feel like sometimes you're living in the valley? But in the valley, He restores my soul. When the waters dry up, the hand of God will sustain you. When nothing else is working, God will make it happen. Thank you for staying.